Good morning, ladies. I'm really excited to be here and talk to you about reclaiming reality. And when I say that, I'm talking about your reality as a mom of young kids. So what I want to start with, um, first of all, is a slide. I want to show you my family. Okay, that's my family. That was my family yesterday. Actually, that was my family about, I think my kids were in second and third grade maybe, and now they're both in college. So it goes by really fast, like the days of wearing the little matching shirts with your daughter and stuff like that. (laughs) Those days are gone. Okay, let's go to the next one. So that was us this past summer. So that's my husband, David, and uh, my daughter, Emily. She is at the University of Alabama, and my son, Daniel, is at Baylor. And um, I show you those two pictures, and I'm going to tell you this this morning. It's like the stage you're in, it seems really long when you're in it, but it won't be like this for long. Um, All right, let's, I wanted to kind of uh, see if I could get a handle on what y'all's reality was like, and so I found this video, and I think it hits home, so let's watch it, and we'll see what you think. All right, what'd y'all think? So kind of sum up some of your days. All right, so why are we here? Um, So our theme this year has been reclaiming, and that is, can you go to the next slide? That is from, that's how we got doubled slides. All right, so if you can read that, it's uh, Colossians 3.12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So that's our goal. Um, as a mom, y'all wear lots of hats. Um, you're a wife, you're a mom, you're a daughter, you're a sister, you're a cook, you're a maid, you're a nurse, you're a taxi driver, you're a spiritual advisor, you're a referee, you're a counselor, and the list just goes on and on and on. And so I wanted to kind of get a pulse for where y'all are, so I put a post on the Nest Facebook page and just asked you to kind of tell me like what your highs and lows were. And there, we, just, we sort of had this theme, and here's kind of what I heard. Um, I'm exhausted, weary, overwhelmed, overworked, stressed out, discouraged, unappreciated, bored, angry, impatient, lacking self-control, constantly disciplining and redirecting over and over, responding in an annoyed tone. I feel guilty. I have a lack of control, and I'm fearful for the future. And then there, there were positive comments, too, but I think overwhelmingly that was just the sentiment of the stage there you're in and the reality of what you face day to day. So our goal for today is to encourage you to take off the bad and to put on the new. And we're going to do that. We're going to talk about four areas. We're going to talk about you, talk about your marriage, your children, and your home. Um, Let's see. Can we go to the next slide? Okay. So I I chose this. And if you've ever heard, has anybody ever heard the term danger, Will Robinson? Okay. Probably if your parents used it with you. But there was a show, and it was back in the 60s, um, and it was called Lost in Space. And there was this little boy, and this robot would warn him, and he would say, Danger, Will Robinson! Danger, Will Robinson! And so that's what I want to say to you, is like, this is your warning. Let's go to the next slide. And your warning is that the devil is a lion. He is prowling around looking who he can devour. First uh, Peter 5 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I love this slide because it's not this uh, 
soft, fuzzy, like, ooh, his mane is so pretty, I would like to pet him, lion. This is like, oh my gosh, he is about to eat, or actually it's a she, she's about to eat me. And so I love that image. Um, and that, that's our enemy, and that's what we want to do is be vigilant and to find out, figure out where he is trying to undermine where you are as a mom, where he's coming in on a day-to-day basis and attacking you and making you feel unworthy and unappreciated and all those things. All right, let's look at the next slide. Can we do anything about this humming? Okay. Okay. Um, All right, so you're like, why does she have this slide up here? Okay, so in 1942, C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The Screwtape Letters, and it's a story that takes the form... Don't mind me. Okay. All right, it's 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 a book that takes the form of a series of letters from a senior demon screw tape, that's screw tape, and he's writing to his nephew, Wormwood, who's a junior tempter. And if you've been at Watermark recently, Todd kind of referred to these letters some, but um, someone wrote an adaptation of the screw tape letters in the form of a letter to an unappreciated mom. And you all have a copy of that letter as a handout. And I know it's long, but it is so on point with where you are. We're going to go through it. And a lot of what we're going to talk about later specifically relates to what's in this letter. Okay, here we go. My dear Wormwood, I was thrilled to hear you've been making progress with the mother. You have a good lead from what I hear. She feels overworked, unappreciated, and discouraged. I'm so glad to hear it. If you tread carefully, this can be a great opportunity. With the kids waking her up every hour last night, we already have an advantage. A tired mom makes for a more emotional mom, and an emotional mom is a vulnerable one. I do have a few tips. First, aim your best efforts at her marriage. As you know, we cannot do much with a unified marriage. Luckily for us, a cranky and exhausted wife can do wonders for that. We must convince her that her husband is no longer the friend and ally she married. Instead, we must reveal every sin and selfish habit, especially drawing attention to his thoughtless actions, malintended or not, against her. Think he leaves the toilet seat up. Sometimes in the less obvious things, things the husband doesn't even realize that we can use to offend her the most. When he comes home from work and dumps his things on the counter nearest the door instead of hanging his coat or putting away his keys, let her think of it as a direct assault on her work as a homekeeper. When he trucks mud in with his shoes, let her think it is because he does not love her. Such extremes of thought may seem ridiculous to you or I, but to the exhausted mortal woman, it can seem possible. Your goal is to make her think that her husband does not notice, or even better, that he does not care about her efforts at home. Secondly, do what you can to keep her focused on her troubles and pains. Remind her how much her back aches, how draining the children were all day, and how many undone tasks still beckon her. Do not let her wonder what difficulties her husband has faced that day or whether his back may also be aching. Valuing others above oneself is one of those silly, those strangely effective tactics of the enemy. If she stops to make him a cup of coffee, the next thing you know, she'll be rubbing his shoulders and flirting with him on the couch. It can progress out of control if you're not careful. Along those lines, be sure the mother starts to value productivity above everything else. Have her wake up early and work nonstop until bedtime. If her husband relaxes in the evening with an hour of computer gaming, be sure the wife notices the pile of unfolded laundry or unswept floors. Do not let her grab a book or her Bible and relax alongside her husband. 
Diligence, often one of the enemy's virtues, when overdone, can be used to our advantage as well. Convince her that as long as there is a shred of work to be done, and there always is, no one should be resting. Then as she folds and sweeps and he sits, you can introduce the sweet bitterness of resentment. A word of caution here. Remember the love of a husband can be dangerous to her cause. If he senses her unhappiness, he may begin to help her or even worse, show her affection. That is where previously planted seeds of resentment can be guided into full bloom. Make her think his displays of affection are because he only wants one thing. Do not let her view his help with the dishes or kisses or cuddling as having pure motives. If he shows his desire for her, convince her that she is being used, not love. And we both know the ultimate act of marriage can bond them together in a way that can undo much hard work on our part. Because of this, do not allow her to prioritize the act on her mental to-do list. It is our best interest to keep the wife busy, busy, busy. Be sure she's far too exhausted to consider it by the end of the evening. Now on to the children, lovely little opportunities for us. The children, especially the little ones, we all know the children are a favorite tool of the enemy. He, the enemy is God, if you haven't figured that out. He calls them blessings and gifts and calls parents to lay down their lives for them, just as his son did. Insane, I know. We must convince her that the obnoxious little people she has charge of are not really worth her sacrifice. When the mother first dreamed of having children, she probably imagined large, innocent eyes, chubby, happy grins taking up the majority of her days. Do your best to shatter those expectations. Instead, draw attention to how much they take from her. Let them take and take and take and need and need and need until the mother feels totally spent. Let them start crying at the same time for the most irrational of reasons. Let the noise bother her. Let their bad behavior surprise her. Do your best to make the day-to-day monotony of diaper changes, meals, and baths seem seemingly overwhelming and beneath her. Let her think of all the better, more important things she could be doing with her life if only she didn't have the children. Don't let her think about the future responsible, faithful adults she is raising, society changers, friends, workers, husbands, or wives. Don't let her think of them as lifelong um, companions who will love her, converse with her, and care for her in her old age. Oh, and definitely don't let her think about grandchildren she might be able to see in their little grubby faces if she looked hard enough now. No, no, no. Thinking ahead of when her work bears fruit, as the enemy calls it, is always a bad idea. Keep words like heritage or legacy far away from the runny noses and jelly stains of the day-to-day. If there is any last piece of advice I have for you, Wormwood, it is to keep the mother looking to her family and husband for her fulfillment and effort, I'm sorry, and comfort. We know that the enemy is always watching and willing to take the burdens of his children, but if we divert the mother's attention well enough, this fact can be forgotten. Make her look to her husband for worth and affirmation. Then when he lets her down, as he is sure to do, she will be ours to torment. Yes, the most... The worst thing that could happen would be for her to turn to him with her needs and inadequacies. Only, I'm sorry, once she realizes that the enemy offers a peace that transcends her situation, our work could be utterly compromised. Your malevolent uncle screw tape. Okay. I, uh, I think that pretty much sums up every thought you probably have from time to time in the current stage you're in. Um, now I have a, I found a video too, and it kind of echoes this, but on a, in a different, more, um, contemporary twist of what what moms are saying um, in media. All right, so any of y'all relate to that? Any of y'all been at the line at Target and somebody my age or older comes and says, 
Aren't they sweet? Aren't they precious? Aren't they cute? And you're like, would you like to have them? Um, and so I, and I will say after I watch this, I'm like, I will never tell y'all to carpe diem. Okay. Cause it hasn't been that long ago, um, that I've forgotten what it's like, but when somebody my age sees you in the store like that and says something to you, and hopefully they're saying something encouraging to you, um, what they're thinking. And when I see that, I think like what I, I remember like snuggles and hugs and my son who's now 19, like crawling into bed with me and my daughter wanting to, you know, play dress up or play in my makeup or just, or help me cook or do things like that. I'm not remembering like vomit and diarrhea and fights. And when, when they decided to cut their hair with scissors, one time my kids got out on our roof we didn't know about it. And it's like, you're just like, no, I'm not thinking about those things. I'm thinking about the sweet, wonderful memories. Um, and what I want to encourage y'all with is like the reason people say those things to you is because it's true. This season that you're in, it seems really long when you're in it, but it's really short. It seems long, but it won't be like this for long. Let me show you a couple of pictures. Okay, so that's my daughter, Emily. She was about six weeks old. And then the other picture, that was her last summer. She worked um, as a, uh, what'd she do? She worked in pre-op. It was not her favorite job. It was very early in the morning. And that was uh, she with her dad at a hospital. All right, next slide. That's my son, Daniel. And then that was us when we moved him into Baylor. So... All right, I think I've got one more. I was family picture. That was us skiing with them when they were really little. And then this was this past Christmas. So it's like, I know you're thinking like, these women don't know what they're talking about. This is not going by fast, but it does. And before you know it, you'll be there. Um, Okay, motherhood is the hardest and the greatest thing you've ever done. Let's go to the next one. First, we're going to talk about you. It says, went to the doctor for fatigue and forgetfulness inability to concentrate and was diagnosed with motherhood. <laughs> all right. Can all relate to that. Okay. So here, here's, here's your reality right now. You're exhausted. Okay. One day though, you'll be able to take a nap. Your life is full and unpredictable. And yet it seems exactly the same day after day. One day your house will be quiet and clean and you will be in it by yourself and your to-do list might be done. You have no me time, but one day you will. All right. The next uh, we're talking about is, um, I think, under the you category, the first thing, and it's on your handout, which is right here. And if y'all know Elizabeth Tamlin, she did this for me. So if you see her at Bible study on Wednesday, give her props for this cute, adorable handout that she did. So there's categories on the front. You, your home, your marriage, your children. And that's where we're going to, those where these points are going to, are going to come from. So the first one under you is do not look to your kids or your husband for worth or affirmation. Only God is intended to satisfy that. And in the screw tape letter, that's exactly what he said. It's like, let the wife look to her husband for affirmation and he's surely going to fail her. And that's exactly right. So God is number one. He's the one you should look to for affirmation. Matthew twenty two thirty seven and 38 says, And Jesus replied to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. All right. We talked about earlier our theme from Colossians. Like, what are you clothing yourself with? And here's what I would like to, to encourage each of you to clothe yourself with each day. It's from Ephesians 6.10. Finally, be strengthened in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Close yourself with a 
clothe yourself with the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world rulers of darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand your ground on the evil day and having done everything to stand, to stand. Stand firm, therefore, by fastening the belt of truth around your waist by putting on the breastplate of righteousness, by fitting your feet with the preparation that comes from the good news of peace, and in all of this, by taking up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with every prayer and petition. Pray at all times in the Spirit, and to this end, be alert with all perseverance and requests for the saints." So you're thinking, that's well and good. That's awesome. What does this mean for me? Okay, so here's your application. Okay, so your belt of truth are your workout pants. <laughs> Little model, our model, Vanna White, Allison, that's your, okay, so that's your belt of truth. All right, your, bless, your breastplate of righteousness is your sports bra or your nursing bra. <laughs> yeah, um, okay, your sneakers. Fit your feet with preparation that comes from the good news of peace. All right, the shield of faith, that's your shirt. Okay? And the helmet of salvation is your baseball cap, if you're a cap wearer or your ponytail or whatever, or headband or maybe your sunglasses on top of your head. That's your helmet of salvation. And then the sword of your spirit is something that I know all of you have with you all the time. That's your cell phone. So change your screensaver and put some scripture on there. Like if you're trying to memorize a verse or I, I love this particular artist. It's, um, I think her name is, it's Mary Appleseeds. And she does these really, I love just the drawings and stuff like that. But go on Google and find an image. There's images for almost every single verse. And put that as your screensaver. And then you have it with you all the time. And it's a great reminder when you open up your phone, you see something positive or encouraging. And you can change it all the time. So that's the practical application uh, for you. All right. So in your stage, your quiet time is going to look different now than it did before you have kids. It's just the reality of that. So what do we, what do you do with that? So you would just incorporate God into your everyday life. You listen to praise music, read the join the journey, um, Watch a real truth real quick while you're uh, putting on your makeup, if you have a chance to put makeup on that morning. Uh, let Bible Gateway read scripture to you. That's a great thing. You can let you know, your phone read to you while you're folding clothes. Um, pray for the person whose, fold, whose clothes you're folding. Pray as you're washing dishes. Pray for the baby whose bottle you're rinsing out or for the sippy cup or whatever. Thank God that you have food that you can cook and put that's in your refrigerator. Thank him that you have dishes that can get dirty because you were able to feed your family. So I would just say, take advantage of those opportunities. I know you don't have like, let's sit down for 30 minutes and have a great quiet time, but you can incorporate this, um, into your day. And that goes back to, um, the Ephesians verse I just read is like, pray at all times in the spirit. So that's what I encourage you to do. All right. Our second point is lower your expectations and cut yourself some slack. So what I want you to do now is I want you to look around at your table. I want you to look at the the mom, either with the youngest baby or the one who's like super exhausted 
or the one who's like barely got here or is frazzled, okay? And I want you to look at her, and now I want you to imagine yourself telling her that her children deserve better, that she's not doing enough, that her house isn't clean enough, and now tell her her baby weight's not coming quick, off quickly enough, okay? All right, now would you ever do that? Of course not, but we do it to ourselves all the time. Like we are our own worst enemies. So I'm just encouraging you, it's like, Lower your expectations for yourself. You're in a really tough phase. Some of you are just barely, when I hear people talking about, I feel like I'm just kind of, we've just stopped treading water. Like when you've got two little bitties, like under two or three or whatever, I mean, that's what you're doing. I mean, you are just in the thick of it. So cut yourself some slack. Next point is to count your blessings. Um, Todd said this the other day at church and I loved it. Comparison is the bullet train to the land of discontentment. And that is the truth. The other one is comparison is the thief of joy. It's like, be thankful for where you are. Be thankful for what you have. Avoid the temptation to look around and think that somebody has it better, easier, or whatever than you. The verse for that is a first Thessalonians five, eight in everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So I would say, The other thing you want to do as part of training your children is you want to teach them to be thankful and to count their blessings as well. And that starts with you. All right. The fourth point is watch who you are running with and what you are taking in. So the first part of that is at your stage, don't isolate. We, we women have a lot of words. We have way more words than our husbands do. And if you've been isolated all day, especially with kids who can't talk or really can only say, mommy, 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 you need, you need conversations. I would encourage you to develop relationships with other believers. Like this ministry is awesome. You've got great women at your table. The Nest Facebook page I saw, um, I mean, people use that, hey, I live in Mesquite, and I don't, you know, does anybody live around me? Anybody want to go to the park or whatever? I mean, y'all have social media. When I was raising my kids, you had you had the landline with, like, the cord attached to the wall. I mean, I think we got cordless phones at some point, but you didn't have your cell phone. I mean, network, cultivate relationships with women that are in your stage of life. Um, Verse for that is Proverbs thirteen twenty. He who walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So it's important. Cultivate relationships with other, women, other believing women, moms who can encourage you in this walk. But the second part of that is what are you taking in? So I would ask you, like, if I came to your house and I looked on your nightstand or on your playlist or... Um, on your iPad or whatever, like, what are, what are you been watching? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Would you be like, this is awesome, or be like, oh, wow, I really don't want her to know I read that or listened to that music or love this TV show or whatever. Like, what, what do you have on your DVR? Um, I think it's important, like, you, you need to think about what you're taking in. And the verse that goes with that is Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So I would just encourage you, and I know it's super hard, like the TV is full of absolute trash. I mean, you have to work really hard to find something that's good. So think about what you're consuming and and who you're spending your time with. All right, the net, we have a new slide. All right, grace over guilt. I would say let go of false guilt. And I'm going to explain that in just a minute. Um, 
Okay, when it comes to feeling guilty, we as moms feel it a lot, but we have to distinguish between false guilt and true guilt. It's normal to have feelings of guilt when you do something wrong, but it's not good to have feelings of false guilt. So what's an example of that? So let's say you yell at your kids, you're driving me crazy. Or your husband comes home from work and you say, do you want to know what kind of day I had? You cannot imagine. I had a horrible day and you were at work all day and I bet it was awesome. Or you go to Target at 5 o'clock in the afternoon with three kids and the checkout lady is like brand new, trainee, and can't get it right and you like lose it with her. So it's like that. It, those are things that's like I shouldn't have yelled at my kids. I shouldn't have spoken to my husband that way. I should not have spoken to this poor strange woman who's just trying to do her, you know, make a living at Target. So you admit what you did. You apologize to the person. Like, you're probably not going to go back to apologize to the person at Target. But you can confess it to your community group. You can confess it to your husband. Um, ask for forgiveness. And, and you're good. False guilt is taking that and going, I'm a terrible mother. I'm a terrible wife. These kids deserve better. I'm bad. I'm terrible at everything. I can't do anything right. Like, that is false guilt. So I would encourage you, choose grace over guilt. And verse for that is Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All right, our last point in the you section is take care of yourself and keep the big picture in mind. So I would encourage you, and, and we, the screw table letter talked about this, like if you're one of these, like you got your to-do list, you're up early, you're working all day, you're checking things done, you're writing stuff on your to-do list that you did just so you could check it off. It's like you got to take some time to take care of yourself. And what, what does that look like? Do, do something for yourself to make yourself a better mommy. So that might be a nap if you can get it. I'm not like, not like a big two hour under the cover nap. I'm like 15 minutes on the sofa, maybe with your eyes closed. Um, call a friend, send a friend a text, write a note to somebody, uh, get on Pinterest for five minutes, like set a timer so you don't go crazy. Pin, uh, sit on the porch, just go outside. We've had such beautiful weather. Just enjoy that. Go walk around the block. Um, and in that vein, also leave something for your spouse at the end of the day. And the screw tape letter talked about that. And we're going to talk about that when we get to the marriage section. But running all day from task to task is playing into the devil's schemes. The work will never be done. I just, in case you haven't figured this out, there will always be laundry. You will, you will never, ever not have laundry. There will always be dirty dishes. We will always have to go to the grocery store. The minute you get home from the grocery store, you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot that. I can't believe I did that. Like it, that doesn't change. So it's like, just, just recognize that you're not going to get it all done and get, cut yourself some slack and do something to take care of yourself. And one thing you can, can do is even just plan that into your day. Like I'm going to, I'm going to treat myself five minutes. And I know it sounds crazy, but like Sometimes like if you go in your kitchen and you open a drawer and you're like, oh my gosh, this drawer is a mess. I need to clean out the whole kitchen. I don't have time to clean every cabinet in the kitchen. But if you just like take one drawer and clean one drawer, just that, especially at your stage, that sense of accomplishment is like, look at this beautiful drawer. It's clean. I did this. I love this. And it's just this, just, you just go to your happy place. And then something as simple as that can really, can really change things. Okay, now we're going to have a little exercise. Each of you should have gotten two cards, two note cards. So I want you to take pick one of those, and I'm going to give you like a minute and a half to, to answer two questions. And they're on the back of your handout on the, in the bottom corner. 
The first one is, who or what are you looking towards to get affirmation? And the second one is, what is one area of comparison you can confess and take ground in? Okay, let's take a break from that. We'll go back. Um, and you might put, put at the top of that card or the top of where you wrote, put you on that. And then when you go home this afternoon, whenever, whenever you have time, at the top of your uh, handout on the back, there's homework to do later. So there's more questions to think about um, as an exercise. If you can find the time to do it, I think it would be beneficial. Um, all right, let's look at your marriage now. So the reality of this, the stage of life you're in right now is you can't ever totally get away from being mom when you're with your husband. One day, you'll be able to go out with your spouse and have fun on a date and not be on call, but not right now. All right, the reality is you might not feel pretty, let alone sexy or attractive, and you still have baby weight from your four-year-old. But you know what? Your husband doesn't care. First point is remember why you married him. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and helpful to one another, tenderhearted, compassionate, and understanding, forgiving one another, just as God and Christ also forgave you. So when it, it, it's hard when you're in your stage to really think back and remember, why did I marry him? It's like, what was this like? We were like in love and carefree, and we didn't have responsibilities and a mortgage and kids and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it's important to do that. And we're going to do a little exercise with that in just a minute. But this is, I've wanted, I've thought about playing Tammy Wynette for y'all, but I decided that that might be a little too much. But as to stand by your man, give him two arms to cling to and something warm to come to. And those are pretty good words. And Jeannie Cox, if y'all were here at her uh, sex talk last month, kind of talked about this. So you, you want to be your husband's number one fan. Um, and you have to remember where, where does he go during the day? He probably leaves home. He probably goes to an office where most people have had a shower. They're in real clothes. Most women probably have makeup on. They're probably not as exhausted as you. And he's around other people all day. And, and depending on what he does, he might be getting lots of affirmation at work. So you want to want him to come home. You want to be an encourager for him. Um, you want to pray for him? Like, ask him, how can I pray for you? Or just there's great power of a praying wife, different things like that, um, that you can, you know, only you are going to, maybe his mother, but next, you are going to pray for him like nobody else. Um, build him up, not only to, to, to him, but to your kids. Let's, your dad is awesome. Your dad is, what a great provider your dad is. Um, so thankful that dad, you know, has the, you know, took the time to teach you to ride a bike or do whatever you want to build your, your husband up to your children. Um, teach your kids about your husband. I think Jeannie talked about that last time. It's like, did you know that your dad loves spaghetti? Like if I was talking to my kids about my husband, I'd be like, did you know that your dad loves green apples? He eats one every day. He likes bananas, but they cannot be too ripe. He drinks orange juice every day and he loves sauce like those are his like favorite things or when he was a little kid this was his favorite book or did you know that dad like did you know that dad worked as a radio dj one summer it's like no i didn't know that like tell your kids great stuff about their dad my other big thing in that vein is greet your husband when he comes home 
and not with a baby on your hip going, take this child. You want to be like, hey, how are you? I'm so glad you're home. And you want to train your kids to do the same thing. It's like, you know, daddy coming home should be a, a big deal. Daddy's home, daddy's home. Or you're going to have everybody run to the door and greet daddy, or you're going to hide and like everybody's going to act like they're asleep on the sofa and the daddy's going to walk in and you're going to go, surprise. It's like, make that a big deal. And I will tell you, we, we did that in my house. And, um, and now I, I'm an empty nester. Um, but now I will do that when I hear the garage door go up. Like I, I will. I don't say daddy's home, but I go to the. I go. I go and greet him because I want him to know I appreciate that he's been at work all day, and I want him to. I want um, him to come home and I know that I'm happy to see him and that I'm happy he's home. So I would just encourage you um, to get in the habit of. Not don't be on your phone when he comes home. Don't be talking to somebody. Don't be texting. Don't be on the computer. Don't. I mean, like if you're helping a child with homework when you when they get a little bit older or you're in the middle of a diaper change, obviously you can't do that. But as best you can, make that a priority. And I promise you, your kids will will do it. And when you know mine come home from college, especially my daughter, I mean it's the same thing. When the, when she hears the garage door comes up, she will run and be like, "Daddy!" I mean, and it's the sweetest thing, and it absolutely makes his day. All right. The second point I have is to get the plank out of your own eye. So usually if you've got some kind of beef going on with your husband and you're thinking he's like wronged you in some way or you're upset or exasperated or whatever, I would say most of the time, especially in your stage when you're super tired and exhausted, it probably starts with you. So Luke 6.42 says, How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to see clearly the speck that's in your brother's eye. So think about that. Um, All right. The third point is don't keep score. We have a slide for this. I promise not to keep score even if I'm totally winning. Um, at this stage, you're going to win, okay? You just are. You're going to change more diapers. You're going to take care of more sick kids. You're going to clean up more vomit and everything else. You're going to answer more questions. Um, but don't forget where your husband has his own burdens too. He's a provider. He's a shepherd. He's a father. He's a husband. Um, he's a steward. He might be somebody's boss. He might be somebody's employee. Like He doesn't have this piece of cake life either. So if you're thinking like, I have washed more dishes. I have folded more clothes. I have done all this. Like, yeah, you're right. But keeping score isn't going to get you anywhere, ladies. All right. Our last point for your marriage is don't neglect your intimacy. Um, and I know at y'all stage, you're like, I'm exhausted. I have babies climbing on me all day or sucking on me or whatever. And I, the last thing I want is another set of hands on me. But, but that is not what the Lord intended your role in marriage. It's not all about you. Um, in 1 Corinthians 7, 4, it says, The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent, for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come back together again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control.
So basically that means like, unless you're going to agree that you're not going to have sex because you're going to go pray, then you don't, there, you don't get a get out of jail free card. It's like, it's just part of the deal. So I think in y'all's stage of life, and, and, and I think marriages at different points have the same thing, and I call it the ugly circle. And that is, you don't feel loved, you don't feel understood, you don't feel appreciated, you don't feel valued, and so you really don't feel like making love to your husband. Now, your husband is feeling unloved because you don't want to make love to him, so he doesn't feel like being loving listening, appreciating you, valuing you. And it's the ugly circle. It's like you just kind of go around and around. I don't really feel like making love to you. You're not making love to me. I don't feel like being nice to you. But somebody has to break this. And I would say that starts with you. Humble yourself. Remember your role as a wife. And just, and, and I promise you, if you do, things will get better. Men are super happy after that. And they, they just are. And, um, and their attitude towards you will change. I promise you. So, I mean, and probably the worst it gets when you absolutely really don't want to the most is probably when you need to the most. All right. A couple of ideas about that. Um, our plan ahead. Like I had a friend who they had a candle they lit. Like if he was thinking tonight was the night, he would go light a candle And that would be her signal that, you know, that was on his mind, okay? Y'all are laughing. It's just an idea. Okay, so the other idea is sometimes you just need the mindset of like, it's Monday. We just did it last night. I really wasn't thinking this was on the agenda. Like, can you give me 10 minutes? Just give me 10 minutes. And then you can go in the bathroom for 10 minutes and be like, dear Lord, just please... Just give me the strength to love him. You know, I, I love him. I want to be a good wife. Please just give me the strength. Or that may be you go in the bathroom and you like put some deodorant on maybe. Or you do a little body wash if you haven't had a shower that day or whatever. But like just kind of ask, ask for a warning. Can I have a 10-minute warning? And believe me, they are happy to give you a 10-minute warning. Okay? Um, and the other thing is like, if you, most of you know about how, and I think they do it in, in um, is it merge? It's probably not merge, re-engage. They talk about like what your number is, like how often you are going to be intimate with your husband. You probably know. It's like if it's been, if it's every three or four nights, if it's once a week, if it's every Saturday night, whatever your deal is, you probably know, like you need to be smart enough to anticipate. It's like, okay, it's Wednesday. The last time we made love was Saturday. He's probably going to want to make love tonight. I need to think about this. So that means that instead of doing that last load of clothes or you, know, you might just let the dishes sit in the dishwasher, like give yourself time to mentally prepare and, and be all there. Okay. My other thing is, if you can, don't make your bedroom be like your laundry area or whatever. Like, you don't want to be in there and you're getting distracted by like the stacks and the piles and all the to-do stuff. So it's to the extent that you can do that and create an environment where you can be intimate and enjoy each other, um, I would encourage you to do that. All right. Our next exercise and take out the card that you didn't write on last time. What I want you to do at the top is I want you to write the date 
and I want you to write what I love about, and then put whatever your husband's name is. And so I, I did this, I don't even know. And the reason I had you put the date on there was because I have my card that I did, and I don't have a date on it. So to want you to do the exercise is to write five good qualities you love about your husband and you're thankful for. Um, and I hope what you'll do is you'll go home and write a whole list. So here, here's mine, and I wish I knew when I wrote this. I wrote, um, he loves the Lord, he's a good provider, he's a good father, plays with the kids, He's fun, he's full of life, he's honest, he's hardworking, he's smart, he's concerned about our future well-being, he loves the ranch, he loves my parents, he loves the cats, Uh, he's frugal and practical, he's excellent in his field, and he's respected. This is just, you know, an idea. And it's like, I, I know I've had this for a while because my dad is dead now. And I know it on here it said, loves my parents. But so that's why I write the date on there. And I just encourage you to keep that card. Or if you're not like a card person, transfer it to your phone so you have a note. And then when you're like not feeling really loving towards your husband, pull this card out and just have it be a reminder to you of what you love about him. Um all right, so I'm going to give you all a minute to, to fill that in. And then on the other card, I want because I want you to just keep this one card just for your husband. On the other card, I want you to write one thing you can do to prepare yourself to love him better. And those questions are on, on the back of your worksheet. So on the separate card, five things you love about your husband. And on the other one, one thing you can do to prepare yourself to love him better. Okay, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and move on to the next part, which is your children. It says, motherhood lasts a lifetime, but you're only a mommy for a moment. Um, all right, your reality right now, uh, you rock your kids to sleep, you feed them, you hear them saying, mommy, 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 over and over. You're wiping bottoms, cleaning up poop, pee, vomit, and countless messes. One day, you'll be able to go to the bathroom all alone. And they'll be able to go to the bathroom all alone. And they'll, be, they'll do a good job of wiping. You won't have to wipe anymore. And they'll stop asking you questions. They might even stop talking to you all together. Um, and you'll have some alone time. All right, so your reality right now is you're constantly toting someone somewhere and attending countless events for your kids. If they're old enough to be in sports, you know what I mean. One day, they will drive themselves they will stop playing sporting events you attend, and you can listen to the radio station of your choice. Uh, you make all of their decisions for them all day long. One day, they will make their own decisions. Some will embarrass you or cause you to grieve, and some they make will give you great joy. You are constantly correcting and training and repeating yourself over and over and over and wondering why it is not working. But one day you'll be thankful for the hard discipline work that you are doing right now. All right, two points that we have under the children section. One is the little things are the big things. What do I mean by that? By the world standards, especially if you have friends that that work and don't have kids, like they cannot imagine what you do all day. They're like, what did you do today? You're like, I got a shower and I went to Tom Thumb. And you're thinking, yay me. And they're like, what? That's all you did? But what you're doing right now, ladies, is super important. Snuggling an infant, playing peekaboo, changing diapers, nursing a baby, giving a bottle, uh, attending tea parties, playing Legos, um, catching, playing catch in the backyard, having a snack on the porch, picking up a sick kid from school. Those are 
are the things that you do as a mom. Those are the accomplishments of motherhood. They can't be checked off a list. They don't sound impressive. You're not going to put them on a resume. They are rarely measurable, but they matter a lot. The little things are the big things. Second point is motherhood is not a sprint. It's a marathon. I know I've said it, it goes by quick. It won't be like this for long, but when you're in it, it is long. So you need to pace yourself. Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So pace yourself, don't give up. All right, on not the husband card, but the other card. Now, I want you to write three things you did in the past week with or for your kids that you loved. Something that gave you great joy. Okay. All right. We're going we're gonna to wrap up this with our last section, which is your home. And I love this. Homemaking is not the same as housekeeping. Um, the reality right now, you're responsible for it all. The food, the laundry, the cleaning, the organizing, everything else around the house. But one day, you'll be excited to do laundry that comes home from college. Believe, believe me. And you will welcome dirty dishes in the sink. All right. I love that it says homemaking is not the same as as, uh, housekeeping. Because housekeeping consists of laundry, the dishes, the toilets, the floors that need to be scrubbed. But homemaking is something else. Homemaking is the deliberate cultivation of beauty and productivity in family relationships. Homemaking is about helping your family feel loved and comforted. Homemaking is about celebrating each other and about caring for each other as well as your friends and extended family and even the occasional stranger. Anybody can keep a house. Not everyone bothers to make a home. That's what I encourage you um, to do that. And one is you set the tone for your home. You want your home to be warm and welcoming and peaceful. You want your home to be a place where your kids and your husband um, want to come. And one idea is just like, think of what's the, what's the aroma of your home? Like, is it, um, is, does it have that? Is it peaceful? Is it loving? Is it, um, a place you want to be? Think about how different smells conjure up different, different things. Like you you come in and I was reading something that was talking about like, if you, you know, Tips would be like boil cinnamon to make it feel like you're baking fresh cookies or like everybody loves to come home when there's a great smell like dinner's ready or the crock pot's going or something like that. Like think about what this, the aroma of your home is. Um, and again, that Philippians 4, 8 verse is great for this. What Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Think about such things. That's what you want your, your home to embody. Second point I have is get a handle on managing your domain. It is not going away. Um, and it's just the reality of it. So your, your goal in your home, I would say, is to keep order. Um, take care of your belongings. You're the keeper, especially when your kids are little. Um, you're, you're responsible for all that. So I would say have a place for everything and everything in its place. Train your kids. You're going to make your life so much easier if you do this now. Like, we put our shoes by the back door. We put our books 
on this shelf. We put our backpacks here. We leave our dirty sporting clothes wherever they may be, or just help them. Like you're going to save yourself so much time. If you, and you start with you, like, do you always put your keys in the same place? Do you always put your phone in the same place? If you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off, trying to find stuff, that's what your kids are seeing you do. So it's not going to go away. Get a handle on it. And one other idea is to time unpleasant tasks that you don't like to do um, and then realize how long it really takes you. Like, I really hate to unload the dishwasher, but like if you time yourself, it takes like a minute and a half. It's not that big of a deal. So if you have something you hate to do, time it, and I bet it won't be as bad as you thought. Um, another idea is to not reinvent the wheel. Like if you have standard stuff you buy at the grocery store every week, just make a list on your phone or there's grocery IQ, different apps like that. Um, have like, if, if you go like every summer you go to the beach, like make a master packing list. So you're not trying to rack your brain and remember, or the other tip I think is great is to make a, make notes from what you did after a trip. Like you've just been to the beach with your kids. Be like, I needed to bring six swimsuits and not one, or I needed to bring, we need twice as many diapers because they all got wet and you had super baby, you know, the saggy diapers from the beach or whatever it is. Just make a note of like what worked and what didn't like we need, you know, more videos for the car or whatever it is just because you think you'll remember, but like we can't even remember what we did yesterday. It's like make a note of it. Um, same thing for like, if you're like babysitter instructions, things like that, just don't reinvent the wheel. If you have stuff you do over and over that you rely on, just do that. Um, other thing is to consider an item before you bring it home. And what I, what I mean by that, like, does this require maintenance? Is this a top that has to go to the dry cleaners? Is this something that has to be polished? Is this something that I'm going to be devastated if it breaks? Um, anything you bring into your home, if it requires maintenance, you need to think about that. All right. Third point, a clean house. Perfection is not the goal. And you're like, you're thinking like, well, of course it's not the goal. I can barely even like, you know, we can barely walk through my house, but, um, what, what is the goal? So I would say your stage of life is kind of, again, goes to like lowering your expectations. Like how many unexpected guests do you really have pop in to your house? Like it just doesn't really happen. Um, and even if somebody comes over, where do they really go? Like the entryway, they might need to go to the bathroom. So you might need to make sure that's picked up. Um, you might want to, you know, empty your kitchen sink or whatever, but it's like, don't, don't, uh, just, just cut yourself some slack and figure out what, what's going to, what's going to be your standard of cleanliness. And I would say if this is super important to your husband, like you have a husband who's like a neat neck and it drives him crazy. If he comes home and there's toys everywhere, then that should be a priority to you to pick that up before the kids come home. But if you have a husband who wants a, wants dinner on the table or wants happy kids or whatever, um, then find that out and think about that, especially in terms of what you're going to do around the house. All right, meals. It's another area that doesn't go away. So I would say to you, it's not what you serve, but it's how you serve it. And that's Proverbs fifteen seventeen. Better a bread crust shared in love than a slab of prime rib served in hate. So much better. I mean, if you're like worn out and frazzled, just make a peanut butter sandwich. They are, they are happy with it. Now, I would say don't do this to your husband every night. He's probably not going to appreciate that. But it would be much happier to have you happy and have a happy dinner time than to have some meal that makes you stressed out. 
some just practical ideas, shop at off-peak times. And I know you all know that. It's like the time to go to the grocery store is not when everybody, like if you go like after everybody's picked up kids from school, it's like a zoo. Like don't go then. Um, Shopping at the same store simplifies things. And I would just say like if you like Tom Thumb and you know, like if I go, I go to the Tom Thumb at Preston Royal. If I go to the big Tom Thumb across from North Park, like I don't know where anything is. It takes me twice as long. So like if you can do it, Simplify that. If you need, um, you know, an air conditioner filter and cat litter and a new package of underwear for your two-year-old and milk and ice cream, it's like target your store. Like don't be running around. Don't go to you know three different places. So kind of look at what you need. Figure out where you need to go, and and it or or you. And the other thing is like you can buy laundry detergent at Tom Thumb. It might be more expensive than Target, but I guarantee you'll probably get out for less because if you go to Target, you're going to throw something in your basket that you never even knew you wanted <laughs> until you saw it. Um, right when you grocery shop, make a list and stick to it. And I would say if you can't think of three recipes or meals that you can that you can use a certain item for, don't buy it. So at your stage of life, don't try to buy weird, unique stuff that like you can only do one thing with. You need like just think basic. Um, stock your fridge and your pantry. There's all sorts of stuff online for, from like the pioneer woman has like all the things she has in her pantry, which is the most exhaustive list I've ever seen in my life to like just very basic things. Like if you didn't grow up in a home where your mom cooked or you, or you were around somebody that managed that sort of stuff, there's all sorts of tools online for that. Um, prep your components early. Like if you're going to cook hamburger meat, cook three or four pounds of it and put it in Ziploc bags and put it in the freezer. And then you've kind of got a freebie um, for when you need it later. And the other idea is to start early. Like if you have salad, you know, you want to have salad for dinner, you can make the salad and put it in a Ziploc bag and stick it in the fridge. You can do that in the, in the morning when the kids are like not as tired, not as cranky. Um, think about what you're going to, what you're going to have for dinner earlier. And on those lines, like this is kind of an area where I've spent a lot of time working on. And so if you are struggling in these areas, like meals and all that kind of home stuff, come see me afterwards and I'll be happy to help you equip you brainstorm or whatever. Like Millie's the discipline gal. Like this is sort of my wheelhouse. So if you want help with that, um, come see me. All right. So our exercise now on the not husband card is to write three things you can do to make your house a home. And the second question is, what area can you let go? Not now. I mean, not forever, but for now. Like one thing you're going to let go of now. Three things you can do to make yourself, your house a home. All right. Keep calm. It won't be like this for long. That's the truth, ladies. You're, you're in, a, in a short season um, and I just hope that all of you just remember what an awesome privilege it is to be a mom and a wife and a, and a homemaker. And um, if I can help y'all in any way, just email me. I'm happy to, to help. And I just hope that y'all go out of here encouraged and don't believe the lies of the devil. Go back and read that screw tape letter. Don't believe those. Take, take your thoughts captive. Get up. Put your, put your sports bra on, clothe yourself, put some scripture on your screensaver, and um, I hope you all have a great day.